episode of Dumb Binge Binging. I'm Josh. And I'm Tegan. Um, <laughs> it is once again a week in Pride Month. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know how to introduce these episodes. It was no, a lot I easier don't either. for like the general holiday Yeah. In which is um more generally socially accepted by the general American populace because of severely enforced uh, Christian beliefs. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess Halloween in itself is anti-Christian in conception, but um, at this point, it's just um, every eight-year-old's wild and crazy night. So, yeah. And what's more all American suburban than getting your kids the fuck away from you, letting them just wander? <laughs> We've had it, says every white mother. Go play in the. dressed in dark clothing at nighttime. <laughs> this is a tangent, but also, like, I want to say it Halloween fucking sucked as a Midwestern kid. To fucking wear a coat over my costume. Fuck that. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but you're also insane. <laughs> Maybe so. You've worn sh- you've worn shorts in weather that I would rather not leave the home in. So <laughs> anyway. All this is to say that was wholly unrelated. And I'm now discovering I have some emotional hangups for a holiday that I have not even reflected on in this way. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's still Pride Month. Uh, and also, um, I don't want people to forget, Black Lives still fucking matter. And we're still going to be setting up donation requests for this episode as well. It's not going to be the same place um, just because... There's a limited number of episodes we're doing in the month, but there is an unlimited amount of people and causes that need support for this specific yeah, exactly. issue that we are now dealing with. So, um, We'll post a different place with each episode so that we can, with our limited reach, we can try to give as much exposure to different people as possible. Exactly. Uh, so, with that being said, uh, I don't want to take up much of this episode laying down because I feel like we did a pretty good comprehensive uh, <laughs> summary of our stance yeah. in the last episode. Um, obviously, no brighter Black Lives Matter. They are people and the injustice that they face on a daily basis, the hands of this society at large is despicable. Yeah. And um, also, if you're a cop, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it feels especially relevant as we go into talking about this movie. Yeah. All cops are um, bastards. I mean, it's relevant in a lot of... It's relevant constantly, media. but... Yeah. But, but um, as far as our lineup for this month goes... Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of 
um, her choices for this month kind of coincidentally featured at least some level of police brutality or misuse of force and power. So um, that's just uh, (laughs) unfortunate. That is a reality that um, disproportionately uh, black individuals face in this country. But during the time that Tu Wong Fu was set, this was (laughs) a lot more socially acceptable for police to batter any gender non-conforming individual that they saw fit to batter. So, um, that's in this episode. (laughs) Unfortunately. A lot of just sexual violence is heavily implied in this this movie. So, um, just a fair warning, it is not at all graphic in any sense, but but it, it is, is still there. present and it is shown in a threatening manner. So um, I want to put that out there. Yeah, It's especially important for us to remember to mention this at the top of the episode. Um, especially during this month when there is a lot of stuff happening that directly relates to instances like this in the real world. So um, just off the bat, there is some just battery uh, at the hands of uh, police and also within the home. So if you're at all sensitive to that stuff, we will be mentioning it. Um, I don't think we'll be going into great detail because it makes me uncomfortable. So yeah, no, exactly. But it's important that we mention that it does come up in this movie. Yes. Just want everybody to be conscious of this fact. Um, but anyway, this is a movie, uh, <laughs> which is a good way to start a discussion of any movies that this is a movie. <laughs> it's, it's a cult classic. Honestly, I did not want to view this, but options were limited. Yeah. Netflix has so, delivered um, the vast majority of their queer films. Yeah, and we weren't about to watch <laughs> The L Word. I'm sorry. No. It's so long. It's so long, and we don't make enough money to to pay for individual viewings of a lot of movies. Yeah. So, as much as I wanted to watch But I'm a Cheerleader, I was like, gonna pay <laughs> to watch but I'm a cheerleader <laughs> so um t- god I really like I've been avoiding saying this movie's title because it's so fucking long and I hate it <laughs> yeah but um this god writing this out for the fucking tweet in the episode title is just gonna take so much out of me <laughs> uh we're discussing to Wong Fu with love. Thanks for everything, <laughs> Julie Newmar. Julie Newmar. Yeah, um, which again, goddamn, <laughs> for like the title being pulled from something so insignificant in the general plot of the movie. <laughs> I'm so pissed that it was so goddamn long. It's such a long title. It's not a long autograph, which is what it's pulled from, but it is, sure, long fucking movie title. Yeah. 
But um, anyway, it's a movie about drag queens, which um, I don't really particularly know how I feel. I think the mass media depiction of drag queens is not to my taste, just because it's so misguided mis- like there's little understanding of what a drag queen is Yeah, for a lot of mass media depictions of drag queens and as well as I think for the consumption of straight white women Yeah, as opposed to communities that this should um, pander to instead but anyway um, this is also just a product of its time uh 1995 didn't really have a good grasp at the difference between drag queens and transgender women. Yeah, but it's also... I think what they were trying to do was kind of explore that for some people there isn't a difference. Yeah, I know. Um, That's totally valid. And, like, again... Your individual experience is your own, and no one should talk you for how you uh, explore your own gender. Yeah. But it's just this, it's presented in this movie as like a fact that this is what this community is when it's not. I believe one of the main characters, uh, they exclusively refer to themselves as their drag names because they're almost exclusively in drag for the whole film. Yeah. Her, so, like, forgive me, a lot of the character names are drag names, so they're not... They're they're playful. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, uh, I believe, in my interpretation, at least, Vita Boehm is a gay man who is using drag as an expression of his rejection of the standard masculinity that was forced upon him. And I honestly, I don't know the other two's opinions. (laughs) It just felt like that was, that's a big intrinsic plot line that that character goes through and the other two don't really explore the relationship between their sexuality and the uh, drag as much. So I don't know. I can't comment on that. I just was under the understanding that Vita is a gay man who is I a drag I believe Vita is actually supposed to be a trans woman. Really? That's what the whole line when the woman says, I love you, Vita. And she says, I've been waiting for somebody to say those words with that name my entire life. Okay. See, I can, like, again, accept that as well because I don't know if the movie really thought of what the differentials between how they wrote the backstory and the significance of that line is. Yeah. Again, and, like, that's the only character that it's really explored in depth with. Even for Vita, we barely get a backstory. Exactly. It's a the movie very takes it's a place in the throwaway lines. Yeah. So um again it's I just wanna like bring up my issue with the movie. Um just the standard kind of separation of gender 
and drag. Yeah. Um, distinctions. But other than that, we can get into the movie proper. <laughs> yeah, no, and yeah, and a big part of that is just, like you said earlier, this is from 1995. Like, yeah. And it has aged like something from 1995 would. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as most things in the 90s age, this is also aged in that way. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's weird to think about. I was about to say that wasn't that long ago. That was we're in the no. <laughs> we're in twenty twenty. That was twenty five years ago. Yeah, like <laughs> the difference between now and this movie is greater than the difference between the <laughs> the first appearance of me and now. Yeah. No. Exactly. So, <laughs> Um, yeah and and like I am remiss to call myself a 90s baby I really hate that because I was 97 so (laughs) if like I get on my sister's ass for calling herself a 90s kid when she was born late 99 I have to hold myself to accountability (laughs) I was conscious for maybe a couple months in the later end of the 90s (laughs) and until then I was just fully a being without the capacity to make (laughs) memories of being alive yeah so like the 90s were really a blip on my timeline so I can't speak a lot to them but it does not feel like that long ago (laughs) but um it was my whole life ago so yeah it's really hard to conceptualize those two things. I'm sure younger kids just don't have an issue with this. And that's like, great. Because it's fucking weird thinking about. Uh, but once people start talking about the early 2000s, those kids are fucked. Yeah. Exactly. So, your time is coming. I'm sure none of you listen. <laughs> because I'm almost positive all our listenership is in the same boat we are. Uh, but yeah, this movie is terribly aged. Um, but again, good on them for attempting. Uh, not not much footwork has gone towards this specific demographic of um, the LGBT community. Yeah. So, um, an attempt is a lot more than we can say for the rest of the 90s. <laughs> well, and especially this was like a pretty big movie when it came out. Mm-hmm. It was number one in the box office for two weeks. Like yeah. it had mainstream success, which is amazing. Amazing. It's just full. It, again, that kind of alludes to the fact that we could have had more movies of this ilk a lot earlier. Yeah. And like with the success of a movie like this, we should have been making more queer films at a a larger quantity than we And I'll say specifically more queer films that are not horribly depressing to watch. Yeah. Um that's like, another there's reason why. parts of this movie that were hard to watch, but like for the most part, it's a 
fairly fun movie. Oh yeah, it's wholly campy in a way that I enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> road trip movies to be. Uh, and I like most queer movies. I like. I'm just gonna say it. Most queer movies suck. Yeah, they're so sad. Or- they're or they're just like drama for the sake mm-hmm. of drama. And the only drama for the sake of drama I can get behind is again white suburban mothers. <laughs> that's it's so funny. The fucking issues that like these people deal with in those movies. I love it. Yeah. I was a huge fan of Pretty Little Liars and that's just rich white girls in high school. So Yeah, well and I don't I don't I'm not saying like drama for the sake of drama is necessarily a bad thing. It's just it's like drama, but not entertaining of- drama. It's like yeah, sad drama and or like, like it makes me angry drama. When that's all we can choose from too, it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, it sucks. That's like... Yeah. That's why Caleb Gallo is was so refreshing. Oh, yeah. And like that episode was just an hour of us being like this is the best fucking thing I've ever seen (laughs) this is just like but yeah but I wouldn't like the stereotype like yeah it's just like the stereotype is that this entire identity you have to be a campy (laughs) caricature of a human being yeah and yet straight Hollywood does not want to delve into that and wants instead to show us like just the the exhausting <laughs> heartbreak of living with this sexuality or like gender identity. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And... I'm not at all serious or brooding. <laughs> <laughs> My mindscape is just fully an animated movie constantly it's the visuals of shrek <laughs> just happening every time i have a thought you can't and like i'm more in the other realm where it's like in my brain i am serious and brooding but i don't want to be reminded of how much it sucks see that's the problem with having thoughts so i highly recommend not doing that <laughs> Not possible. I have ADHD. <laughs> Just lay in bed and think, um, like Animal Crossing pictures. <laughs> That's all I do. <laughs> all my thoughts are in Animal Crossing language as well. You're lucky that I'm able to convey in a human language for this <laughs> podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> but again, a tangent. We are. We just fucking fall off on these (laughs) quite a bit. So anyways. Uh, This movie is about three drag queens. Uh, Vita Boehm and Noxima Jackson have... Well, they've all... And um, Chichi Rodriguez, they've all partaken in a drag competition. And um, Noxima and Vita have tied for the winner of this competition and are in turn rewarded with tickets to LA to take place in like a more national drag queen competition. Yes. Um, Chi Chi is 
a newer queen and she was very upset about losing which like okay <laughs> yeah so like i get it so peter decides but... they're gonna sell their plane tickets and take Chi with them yeah just so that she can like experience like a bigger scale um competition is what i took from it um that she ends up being part of the competition which i think I it was like... a time skip that they didn't make it clear it was a time skip okay so i'm like if that's that competition i feel like um that would <laughs> they want to just like let this <laughs> this person who clearly was not uh, added to the roster based on a ranking competition list yeah and instead just showed up with two of the winners uh and in that case two of the contestants and then ended up winning it spoiler alert yeah no i think that last scene is supposed to be a time skip which in that case is fucking amazing that they're all friends and they all got to the same exact competition again at some indeterminate yeah, but... place time later um but also, it could have been clearer um, what exactly was happening. Yeah, because... If she was a walk-on, Jesus Christ. Uh, exactly. If not, like... Again, it's hard to make long-lasting friendships in adulthood. Good on them! <laughs> I'm so proud of them. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> um. Anyway... So, so they sell um, their the plane They get a car, yes. a convertible Cadillac. The car salesman is Which... like very adamant that that car will not make it to Los Angeles, but they like how it looks. <laughs> Which I think is the most accurate, yeah, um, thing that the movie portrays <laughs> is one hundred percent. Any gay person would be like, "Yeah, I'm taking." The prettier car. Yeah, no, exactly. I already don't know fuck all about car. Let's take the one that looks better. Exactly. So I fully bought into that. I was like, yeah, obviously, that's the decision you make. Because, like, already, I can't picture, um, personally, me <laughs> driving a cross-country road trip. But, um perhaps choosing a shitty beat up convertible over a sensible Toyota is in my cards so (laughs) (laughs) just because highway scary (laughs) But, but yeah that's essentially the plot for a good chunk of the first half of the movie they're just kind of driving their way from New York to California yeah uh, and then the main plot is they get their car breaks down and they get stuck in what the movie describes as a small Midwest town. Yeah. I think it's more Dust Bowl than Midwest. <laughs> well, a lot of the Midwest was in the Dust Bowl. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, in the 90s, I don't think any of them looked like a prospector town. At that point, no, I, it, it, fucking... it feels more Kansas. It does, which I wouldn't really consider part of the Midwest. No, as 
Um, born and raised Midwesterners through and through. I'm going to put a stamp in uh, least believable aspect of this movie was this was located in the Midwest. <laughs> it's not even like the people seemed like Midwest people. It's yeah. just the town itself did not feel like a Midwest town. Physically, it physically looked like a Hollywood set interpretation of the Wild West. Pretty much, yeah. They had a fucking, like, canteen general store. I don't feel like that was ever part of this setting. <laughs> Is that what New York <laughs> think Iowa looks like? Yeah, I'm like, is this, like, Ohio for you? <laughs> I was des- desperately trying to figure out what fucking state. I'm like, is this Indiana? I know it's not, like, rural Illinois. I know what rural Illinois looks like. No, like... I've been through quite a few states, and like I said, it looks like Kansas. It looks like fucking Kansas is my main it issue. It looks and I'm like, like Kansas. <laughs> and like, I'm sorry, we're going to be talking about this for longer than we should. But like, goddamn, that's all I was thinking for like a lot of these scenes. I'm like, I've never, ever experienced. Okay, so I guess... And- a Midwest town that has dirt roads. Technically, Kansas is the Midwest. And I, but I again, I don't agree I with don't that. Agree. That's just, I'm sorry. Like, Kansas can be Midwest, but that's not like a quintessential Midwest state, you know? No. When you think Midwest, you're not like... Like, West-West. Yeah. Kansas is a border state for specifically made up distinctions of the United States. Um, And I'm going to die by my rigid definition of those distinctions and say that that's bullshit that Kansas is a Midwest state. Yeah, it's not. Like like Missouri? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Kansas? No. Absolutely not. No. Exactly. What, especially since Midwest is such a huge chunk of the nation, like Minnesota and Wisconsin and Ohio, <laughs> Illinois, I'm Iowa. I'm Indiana. also like get, get Kansas out of here. But even like Ohio, I'm like that's barely Midwest. Yeah, it's just we got a lot of chunk of state, and I feel like. There's a pretty clear definition at this point in time of what Midwest is. Yeah. And I don't think it's what this movie depicts. And I'm pretty sure it at that time was not what the 90s depicted for Midwest either. No, exactly. It's, it's, like I said, the people and stuff themselves in the town feel Midwestern. Sure, yeah. But the physical town itself is not Midwest. The set was just so wholly confusing, and I hated it. <laughs> Again, it looked it's like there so, would have been a it's like a desert. It's a yeah, exactly. That's the that's what I can't wrap my head around. It's like in what Midwest? Like, where are all the farms? Exactly. Where are all the cropland? <laughs> Where's the prairie? Yeah. This. It would like you could have kept the buildings and like the general like color tone for the setting if you would just change the dust in the air 
to the fucking dry ass prairie grass would have been a lot better. <laughs> I would have believed it. Yeah. And again, I'm coming from the part of the Midwest that is way too wet. I'm from Swampland, Midwest. <laughs> so, oh, I worked at a um, a fast food place that I will not name because I don't want. It was the worst employment of my life. Again, it was high school, so that's valid. But also, like, just fucking sucked in general. Um, and I don't want to give them a shout out. Uh, <laughs> but the building was located in such heavy concentrated marsh that they would constantly have to um, on the city's dime lift it back out of the ground that it was sinking into. That's so fucking funny. So, um, I mean, like, at least I didn't get sent to this, the high school they built on actual fucking marshland that can no longer use its gym because the floor is too warped that kids will just fall walking. <laughs> so I won out in one regard <laughs> we didn't have air conditioning but like I didn't have to be like bust to someone's house to play basketball for an hour <laughs> uh, but yeah it just it didn't feel Midwest in any sense for me I would have more easily recognized Prairie Land than whatever the fuck they attempted there yeah Everybody was just covered in dust, and like it is not the forties. Well, and then the, <laughs> that's not. There's a season. Season. There's a scene where Chichi and Bobby Ray, I think. Mm-hmm. Bobby Lee is the okay. Girl. That's what I thought. <laughs> so Bobby Ray, yeah, um, are like walking outside of the town, and that looked Midwest. Oh yeah. But then they get back into the town, and it's like a fucking saloon town. It is. Like, I genuinely expected people with spurs to come <laughs> riding out. Like, it was confusing. It was weird. And we're so fucking hung up on this. Uh, but, like, if you fucking watch this movie, please know this is incorrect. I don't know. No, if you're not- part of a Midwest <laughs> where this looks accurate, let us know because it's fully boggling my mind. Yeah, because I'm not buying it no (laughs) another thing it was just like that I didn't buy was the full 24-7 drag but again it was the 90s (laughs) so I was just thinking about how these dudes were like wearing bras that they obviously had to pad to bed yeah I was wholly confused on that. Like, Noxima was wearing, like, a full, like, baby doll, uh, like, lingerie set. (laughs) And I was just like, I'm sure drag queens do not, um, tape their faces to simulate more feminine features and put on elaborate wigs and, uh, fuzzy heels to go to actual bed. I'm sure this is not anybody's. Okay, so apparently... Identity aside. Sorry to interrupt, but I had to do some research about where this was filmed. Was filmed in the Midwest, but it was in Nebraska, which is why it sucks so hard. Again, what the fuck? Nebraska... 
Nebraska and Kansas are a nebulous region where it's like, oh, we forgot, kind of. Nebraska's, like, definitely Midwest. It just sucks. (laughs) I would not call Nebraska Midwest. I'm just, I don't know. (laughs) From the Great Lakes region of the Midwest, I I think um, the states are wrong. If Nebraska is Midwest, I can't, it's just, I, it doesn't feel, it feels so wholly Western movie Yeah, that I'm losing my mind to it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, God, there's a lot that I'm so fully hung up on, um, in this movie. Uh, it's just the choice of the constant. Like, I don't, I would not put on full drag to sit in the car for 12 hours. I would. That's on you. <laughs> I am socially required to wear makeup. Yeah. Um, since uh, birth, basically. I would not fucking do that. I would not do this elaborate um riding outfit <laughs> it's god awful i could not imagine sitting in a car um during the summer on hot ass highways <laughs> in a shitty car with absolutely i can guarantee not working ac in a fucking like 10 pound wig <laughs> it seems so holy <laughs> um just inhuman it feels <laughs> It feels like the writers are like, oh, fuck, I don't know. These are aliens, essentially. Uh." No, that's just... Like, as somebody who knows several of them and wants to be one, that's just how drag queens actually are. And that's I find the presentation of drag queens in this movie very, very believable. (laughs) Okay. I found it so wholly unrealistic. But, um... This is not a part of... Like, this is not a community that I am particularly able to partake in. Um, I know drag is open to anybody. I don't think... (laughs) I don't think... um, People that were born as and still identify as and are straight women can necessarily claim the title of drag queen. (laughs) Yeah. And... God, I see, like, I don't know. This might be controversial. I just, I feel like it's not an exploration of gender if you're already a a woman and identify as such to partake in drag makeup, which I see a lot of straight um, cis women doing. They're like, this is my drag look. And I'm like, no, your drag look would be a drag king (laughs) is the thing. Of what that community is kind of going after. You're kind of just adopting someone else's community for your own. So I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of debate over it within the community. And And I don't have the answers. Yeah, obviously. We're not experts on that. I think it really Um, depends on what their intention is. And that's wholly fair. Uh, I think it's I think for a lot of those types of people, it's really taking a space away from somebody who yeah. 
could really use a spot to explore that kind of part of themselves. You're kind of already um, in a position where <laughs> you're already doing feminine makeup. You don't need to exaggerate it and like kind of, I don't know. But um, that is like, again, just the point being, I don't feel comfortable really immersing myself in the day-to-day of being a drag queen because if I was to partake in a drag culture, I would feel it more appropriate as me to be a drag king. Yeah. So I'm, I'm out of my depth in discussing that is what this is a long-winded explanation <laughs> for. Um, it's really just like me saying I don't feel it is appropriate for me to claim any knowledge of the workings of what it means to be a drag queen. Um, I also don't claim any knowledge on the workings of being a drag king just because I've never once done that. I have no clue um, what goes into that as well. Mm. But I feel like it would be more appropriate for me to have that knowledge than for me to have the knowledge of a drag queen. That's fair. But uh, so I'm (laughs) so severely like, like just base level knowledge of drag culture mm-hmm. so that's that's all this was <laughs> no yeah I uh, I found like all of that stuff to be extremely believable because I know people like all that right. <laughs> okay <laughs> and again like I don't know drag queens I don't know what it is to be a drag queen so it just felt um, more stereotypy to me but um if it is like at least a little bit accurate like good on them no yeah like i know people who put on drag to make breakfast and stuff like Jesus, that what i don't even like them feel good. put on actual clothes <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's fair but also like this is your house you don't have to do anything yeah, you don't I also do just like, but it's also your house my and breakfast you is can like, do anything. Yeah, <laughs> this is coming from someone whose breakfast is I go and get a can of Dr. Pepper <laughs> and then I go back to bed and I drink Dr. Pepper in bed. Oh my god, so <laughs> this is just a peek into my life, honestly. Um, I'm a monster of a human being. Uh, On the weekends, my breakfast is a bag of barbecue chips that I have (laughs) had near my bedside from um, the night before where I was eating barbecue chips and a can of Dr. Pepper that I have gotten up to acquire and then gone back to eat my barbecue chips in bed. So (laughs) that's maybe just like, you shouldn't expect me to know how any um, regular human being leads their life (laughs) as in I don't even make breakfast it is like a can of chemicals and I am generally not conscious at a time of day where you can call it breakfast so yeah um which is even like sadder for me I I wake up at like 6 a.m every day now yeah and I'm just eating barbecue chips And, like, to reassure everybody, it doesn't feel good. I don't feel good doing this. 
Okay. It genuinely feels as gross as it sounds. Okay. We need to get back on track. <laughs> um, I feel like, you know what, at this point, <laughs> I've taken a stance on me being just rock bottom life. And I, let's just steamroll ahead. Um, but anyway, again, the Midwest town, such a hang up. <laughs> I also don't like the roving horde of silent sexual harassers. Yeah. Because that's just... What a fucking decision, script-wise. They do not speak. No, not until they are forced to. Which is just so... I understand the necessity of putting them in a rural town because that is a real fact of it. Yeah. Anywhere where there is a group of men that is going to exist is a roving horde of sexual assailants. Um, unfortunately. But yeah, they just they don't say like anything. Which makes it so much worse. They're kind of plot significance up until the point where Noxima puts them in their place is akin to what I would assume a supernatural romance would have a werewolf pack be. (laughs) (laughs) And that's so weird in this fucking movie about drag queens going on a road trip is like the narrative equivalent to like dangerous werewolves. Yeah. Why are they written in this way? I think it would lend more credence to the threat if they were constantly verbally harassing people. Yeah. But instead, they just kind of slowly approach with a very, like, predacious expression. And it's like, I feel like I've suddenly jumped into a horror movie. It feels very Cabin in the Woods. Like, if they had picked a different item in that spooky basement, this would have been the villain that they had to face. Like, if what we do in the shadows was a real fucking for serious horror movie (laughs) that's essentially what those characters were yeah it was so weird very weird again the threat would have felt a lot more real if they had dialogue in the early stages and weren't just standing there I was (laughs) Again, there's so many weird little things that I'm so wholly hung up on. Like, the whole, like, nighttime routine of the drag queens. (laughs) I mean, aside of whether or not that's accurate, nobody should be sleeping in makeup. Don't do your fucking makeup for bed. Stop it. Please. (laughs) This is a very high-grossing movie. Do not... I mean, just Hollywood in general at this point. Don't show people in full makeup going to bed. That's so bad for your skin. Don't make people think that they have to look like that for sleep. You're clogging your pores. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that can't be good for your hair. Um, Like, that tight wig prepped for oh, bedtime. Oh, no, it's not. A lot of drag queens are bald. <laughs> so, like... Again, I have a lot of issue for the depiction of sleep for these queens. Let them wear normal (laughs) clothes. I beg. Yeah. 
But I think the whole it point was... of that was like they're afraid of people finding out. Yeah. And like that's like fine. I think if they weren't broken down in a rural town where they were afraid of everybody, they wouldn't have been sleeping in full drag. I hope. I hope that was the implication and not just like let's let's put Wesley Snipes in lingerie. <laughs> um which is weird. like I don't know again, I don't know how I feel about like cis men portraying these characters as well because they are drag queens but some of them are implied to maybe be trans and like that's a whole nother issue of representation yeah. uh, but for the point of this argument because it is so vague within the movie um, the argument is <laughs> let, uh, let Wesley Snipes maybe sleep in a, a big t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> I, I think maybe John Leguizamo maybe didn't have to wear like a baby doll uh, lingerie dress. Yeah. For a bedtime scene. Especially when they um, instilled a lot of curtains. Yeah. In the room. <laughs> maybe they could have had normal sleepwear. <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> I also do just genuinely love how great of like protectors um specifically Vita and Noxima were for the women in this town. Yeah. Um Chi Chi kind of just has this romance that I mean like outside of the argument that everybody else is like they're like, you shouldn't be lying to this boy, blah blah blah. Like whatever like again, if this is like an idea that like drag drag and um, trans identities are kind of similar for this movie um, you should not have to disclose <laughs> your uh, what your genitalia is yeah. um, just in general well, for like a romantic partner I didn't like everybody insinuating that Chi needed to do that exactly. but I did like that I... at the, when she ended up breaking up with him that didn't come up at all yeah, exactly. I think everybody was correct in dissuading this relationship, as in Chi Chi was like, this is true love, and it's like, you're leaving in like two yeah. days. You cannot string with Boyle on because you're never, like, he's genuinely, like, he has feelings for you, and if you're, like, pretending at that, which, like, she has stated that she's like, what's a little harmless, like, flame? Yeah, exactly. That's fucked up to do to somebody. Exactly. And I was fully on everybody's side saying, don't fuck with this. It's ridiculous what you're doing because you don't have any intention of continuing this long term. Yeah, you, you're you not going to be moving to this town. No, exactly. Like, you have made no intention other than the fact that you want to, like, kiss on this boy. Which is wholly ridiculous if you're, like, trying to play house in a sense that's like, we're going to... We're gonna like last a, a good amount of time when you're just wholly not planning on seeing him ever again. Exactly. I had a big issue with that and how it was instead played that like it's bad that you're a man dressing up as a woman and he doesn't know, which is again like the blurred line yeah. that this movie establishes is also just a 
fucked up stance to take against a relationship. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, so I, I think it was wholly appropriate for everybody to be against, like, stop, stop pretending that you're going to put effort into this relationship past, like, Monday when you get your new car part. Yeah. Uh, but I also think, like, just all the supporting cast in general is so sweet, and I'm glad that uh, Bobby Ray was, like, so, like, cool about it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's like, yeah, no, sure. Um, you can break up with me. I'm in love with you, but that's fine. And then, like, the whole them setting up him and Bobby Lee, like, that's sweet. Those, those, those two kids are so sweet. I genuinely love that. Yeah. <laughs> two non-confrontational, like, just <laughs> empty-headed farm kids. It's <laughs> all you need in a really <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a good thing to see um and i love nakzima's storyline with the old woman of the town like the that that's the necess- my favorite character necessary. in the movie i love her she's so fun uh what was her name was it myrna i think no wait i'm Clara was it? She yeah, she's Clara. And I think was Myrna the the salon owner? E, Myrna was the restaurant owner. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah, I don't know. Her name was Miss There's Clara. There's so many but, that um, <laughs> They all have yeah, vaguely old of... woman sounding names and but Clara was the one that Noxima befriended. Noxima yeah, got was, her to um, speak for the first time in years. After her husband died. And they bonded over old film stars, um, I believe. I'm not well versed in old cinema. I believe they were all um, black actresses. Yeah, the is... two that they specifically talked about were. I, I, I love that. Um, it's, a, it's a great inclusion for like any movie to recognize the greatness of Especially back then, um, what black actresses had to go through to even like be on film for any set amount of time. Exactly. And I love that Clara just had like such a like beautiful, wholesome, high regard for these actresses, and that's how they bonded. Yeah, it was really nice. Because like clearly, Noxima's whole persona is based off of like the elegant old Hollywood kind of actress and god i loved it i don't know i love i think noxima noxima is my favorite (laughs) of the main three me too but um that was just so sweet and hard like i don't know finding such a wholehearted like wholesome (laughs) uh understanding for an older maternal figure i don't know it really gets me (laughs) Uh, and then, God, again, like so many of the supporting cast is so good. I loved the inn owner's wife. She was so, was such a good character. Um, Carol Ann. Carol Ann, yes. I really liked, um, she had one of my favorite moments in the movie, like at the end. Because mm-hmm. she is talking to Vita and 
Vita's about to like tell her that she's a drag queen. And Caroline is yeah. just like, well, you have an Adam's apple, but you're just my beautiful friend with an Adam's apple. Exactly. Like I really like that moment. I, it's sweet. It really is. Like again, because you don't owe anybody an explanation for your presentation. Yeah, no, exactly. If you give like the baseline of like this is how you are to like address me. It's just I love like especially for like older movies that really don't have our uh, modern understanding of all of this. It's great to see like stuff like that that really is still yeah. That's why I appreciated it so much was just because I really wasn't expecting it in such an old movie. Mm-hmm. So like, you came to me as I mean, like admittedly a horribly named woman. <laughs> Vita Boem, girl. <laughs> that fucking sucks. Even as a drag name, that fucking sucks. Like, <laughs> God, that that's a terrible name. You need to re- rename your character, dude. Uh, but, um, like, you came to me as how you are, and I'm going to wholeheartedly, full face, accept that. No matter what, like, I can piece together like you shouldn't be prying even like to yourself about someone else but just full frontal acceptance of however your friend chooses to introduce themselves to you yeah exactly lovely it is fully just the most touching thing (laughs) of this movie uh I mean besides just the genuine like grandmotherly love <laughs> that Clara shows Noxima, which caught me through so much. I was like, that's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I love this so much. But uh, <laughs> it fully balances out the um sexual assault portions exactly of the town boys against Chi Chi, which uh Bobby Rain white knights her out of in his fucking shitty pickup truck. And um the sexual assault the in officer um, commits against Vita, <laughs> which like that scene in general is so fucked up. Yeah, because um he it, up until like the end of that scene, he does not know that they're drag queens. Um, he pulled them over because it was a white woman driving a car with a black woman and a Latina woman. In the passenger seats. Yeah. And he wanted to pull them over to let her know that, to let Vita know that um, he's racist and also he is going to sexually assault her now. Yeah. That was the full on intent of this rural Midwestern cop. Yeah, it's awful. And it's disgusting. And I'm so glad she kicks his ass to the point where they think that he's fucking dead. Yeah, then. There's also the whole horrible domestic abuse plotline, which yeah. once again ends with Vita kicking the man's ass. Good for Vita. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but I do think the more but, pleasant um, parts of the movie do outweigh the harder to watch parts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
I love like they just improve everybody's lives that they like come across in this town. Yeah. I mean, outside of abusive shithole. <laughs> uh not was Dan, but um like even like the minor characters like yeah, like the shopkeeper. The the yes, the shopkeeper they get her to finally work up the courage to ask out no that's the restaurant owner i'm talking about the the guy he owns his grandmother's store yeah with the stutter yeah (laughs) they give they give him a cool cowboy makeover and then he no longer has a stutter yeah so funny sure but also like I mean, I love that character just because he is romantically linked with the salon owner, I believe. Something like that. One of the one of the girls that they make friends with. Um, a lot of the girls that they make friends with aren't really well established in the town, which is fine. It's not a movie about yeah. them, but uh, it's sweet. Like you, like a, the two scenes he's in, like the actors do it so well that like the characters feel like they're genuinely in love and they're appreciating like the help yeah. that um, the three are coming in and delivering this town to like really liven their lives up. Um, but also like the restaurant owner is like in love with, is he like her bartender? He basically or runs he like the a... restaurant for her. It's like, she's okay. like the owner. He would be like the manager. Okay. Um, she's been in love with him for a long time and it's like um the small town kind of shit where it's like I know everybody, everybody knows me I've gone this long without doing anything mm-hmm. it'll be so weird if I do anything now kind of shit they finally like get those two to like act on anything and it's so sweet <laughs> I really love it <laughs> and then like the end scene where the officer comes in and he's like, I'm going to fucking murder drag queens in this town. And then everybody walks up to him and they're like, I'm a fucking drag queen, bitch. Shoot me. Yeah. And he's just like shamed out of the fucking town. Yeah, it's so um, Instead of forcing the three of them to come out of hiding and like own up for defending themselves essentially again um all cops are bastards yeah (laughs) but like it's it's a very like it's so beautiful in the sense that you can just really build like such heartwarming connections with people at any point in time (laughs) through any of just like having fun in the most wholesome way, I guess, is the message of that. Like, yeah. They help plan, like, a strawberry pie social. <laughs> and it, like, brings everybody together. Because it's like, oh, fuck, we can have gatherings where we have fun. And, like, really revel in the fact that we're such a small town. And we know everybody so intimately. Like, we're essentially, like, best friends constantly. We don't have to be, like, so reserved yeah. and upset that no one else is coming in the town. We can really make bonds with the people here. It's beautiful. Um, I really don't think the roving horde of sexual harassing young men should be included in that. But as they have been a noted terror on the fucking town for how long? 
We don't know. Yeah, but apparently they've but redeemed themselves, I guess. They've redeemed themselves enough to have, like, strawberry-themed outfits and different <laughs> drag queens. So, uh, I mean, it's fine. They were, like, such non-characters. Only one of them had dialogue. Yeah, exactly. And the rest just kind of stood there in their redneck no sleeves button up i do <laughs> so there's one other scene i want to briefly mention just because it's so fucking funny which is fucking mm-hmm. naomi campbell as a girl in a restaurant <laughs> like arguably biggest supermodel ever naomi campbell yes comes up to noxima and says i wish i could be as pretty as you <laughs> and noxima's yeah. like well too fucking bad Get out of here. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. so funny. The restaurant scene is so funny and how, like, Vita just fucking steals a picture. I like it. She looks at it in her little <laughs> pocket <laughs> mirror and then just shuts it in her purse. Fucking, she's like, too Wong Fu, whoever he was, he must have been so influential. It's like, clearly that's the owner of the Chinese restaurant. Who else would frame that photo? Yeah. In this Chinese restaurant, and the fact that it's like the fact both of the guy that they go there to get help from, both he's played by Robin fucking Williams, and his name is John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Yes, like (laughs) huge, huge, like wildly popular figures in pop culture. Two lines. That's it. So funny. Julie fucking Newmar is a picture for most of this movie, and then she has a line at the end. And she's in the fucking title. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. Like, I just... Oh my god. Okay. This is also unrelated. I I just realized where I recognized Carol Ann from. Because she was Rizzo in Greece. Oh my fucking god. I've never seen Greece, but yeah. <laughs> wow, this says a lot about both of us in both of those statements. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe more about me because Greece is like a very popular <laughs> musical. <laughs> but also, I've never seen like a lot of class. I've never fucking seen any of the Alien movies. None of the Jurassic Park movies. I've only seen the first um, Jurassic Park. I've never seen any of the Alien movies either. No. Um, I, I haven't seen Lord of the Rings. I've seen all of the Hobbit movies. That's just a crime. That's a fucking crime. I saw them in theaters too. I saw them in theaters, but I had seen Lord of the Rings first. <laughs> I've seen New Moon like 17 times. <laughs> Just New Moon too. I've seen all the others like once. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so like again. It's so funny. Trying to like I'm a fucking nerd ass loser. Trying to interact with other nerd ass losers is awful because I've never seen like the popular nerd shit. <laughs> so like, um, and also, like, I just, I don't watch a lot of stuff like this either. So, 
any references that like i don't know who the fuck julie newmar is but she was a big part of this movie I guess. she was the first Catwoman. that's all i know cool I, <laughs> does not mean shit to me no that's and i like i said that's i just i've never even seen that i just know that that's what mm. i know her the for. only like non-Halle Berry Catwoman I know is Eartha Kitt and like honestly that's, that's the only one you need to know so she should be the only person playing that role I think um, <laughs> but just general overall feelings about this movie I did watch it um, I won't be watching it again I, I don't think I'll be watching it again but I enjoyed it I think yeah, the ending was so just beautiful that like I did come away with at least neutral feelings on this movie. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the rest of it, I was like very uncomfortable for a lot of this, <laughs> a lot of like the scenes that they decided to show. And so, anyway, <laughs> um, that being said, I don't know whether or not I can recommend this. <laughs> I think I would. Like at least once, particularly if you're just trying to like round out your like queer history movies, this was like the first, like one of the first, like mainstream queer movies. Mm. That's fair. Um, again, I just don't give a shit about classics. No, that's fair. I'm just saying, like. Yeah. I would recommend it for those reasons. Um, but overall, I, I, I'm not going to be watching it again. No. Um, I don't think it was like a bad yeah. movie or anything. It's just not, not my favorite. Life-changing. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially since we're in a time now where like we can more eloquently address the thoughts that they were kind of um, alluding to. Yes. Ex- so, there's, we just know better now. Basically. We know more about um, identity and presentation than was available at the time, which is wholly fair and not a detriment to this movie. But again, it's like with Halloween, I'm not like I can recognize it for what it is. We've moved past it. We've improved upon yeah. the general concept. Exactly. Um Yeah. I don't think I really have anything <laughs> else to say. At least this didn't get a very like sociology of a specific film genre that Halloween got. At least we were able to talk about the movie. <laughs> Kind of. we we did go off on several tangents, but but like this that at this point is what you have to just expect from this podcast because we um, we just we do that every few episodes. <laughs> so we yeah, here's a little backstage. These are wholly unscripted. Like we have notes, we take notes. We don't plan out like outline step by step what will be talked about at what point. No, we just so, go for it. <laughs> uh, 
And I, I don't know. I think it's funny enough. Um, but I also really enjoy the Bye Bye Man episode, which I've been told is a bad episode. Awful. So I'm traumatized from recording that episode. I loved it. I had such a fun time. Um, it's the only one of our podcasts that like actually genuinely makes me laugh <laughs> while listening to it. Um, I myself am funny enough to make jokes that I didn't think of now when I listened to Bye Bye Man that like make me laugh. So, um, <laughs> Bye Bye Man holds up for me as in the same way that Caleb Gallo holds up for me. <laughs> but, but the difference is. Caleb, one of those I made. Caleb Gallo, good. Bye Bye Man, good. the worst thing I've ever seen and not in a fun way. Bye Bye Man uh, podcast episode is me saying things that I think is funny. So obviously I'm going to think it's funny. <laughs> but um, that being said, this is not our longest episode because, um, again, we did start out with a two-hour episode about coven yeah so um if you haven't listened to that don't it's so hard um but anyway um we're gonna be posting this um with a donation for a cause for this month um for like anything that relates to black lives matter um, obviously because I think it is a more pressing issue than, like, gay people can't have a parade this year. Yeah. So, it is physically, like, people are suffering physical violence for the things that we are going to be promoting you donate or get the word out for. Yeah. So, um... Like, I'm sorry. I, I tried to keep it a little bit in theme for last week. I did put Miss Major's retirement fund. And she was one of the inciting members for Stonewall. So, and she should be able to retire. Yeah. Um, but, again, like, it's not going to... If you if you want to donate to that, feel free to go back to that donation link as well. But um, this one is going to have a separate one. We have to discuss that. Uh, and get... <laughs> Not a lot of preparedness for these episodes. And, like, new things are cropping up all the time. There are some things that are, by the time we record this and post it, are going to need donations a lot less than other things. Yeah. So, um, a donation will be attached to this episode once the tweet goes out. Please look for that. We are um, on Twitter at Dumb Binge Binge. Anything helps for this. <laughs> it really does. It's an incredibly serious matter. And... Unfortunately, um, you need a lot of money to get any help in this nation yeah. for anything. So anything you can do to help spreading it around, donating like $5, it goes a long way. It really does. But um, again, that's going to be on our Twitter. I, I don't mean to promote us a lot for this, ep- this episode, but we are doing this through our Twitter. So if I can reiterate this enough. Uh, at dumb binge binge go find those donations like like don't even if you want to like not even like tweet out the episode as long as you tweet out about the fundraising that's all we can ask for yeah exactly 
Um, but, um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Don't binge, binge. Oh.